Today, uh, we have at the zoologist campfire a master's uh, of science in evolution, ecology, and uh, biodiversity, if I say so correctly, and uh, who is about to start his PhD. It is Roel Wouters, a fellow Dutchman, but we will be speaking English today. And he, despite being very early in his career, he has already traveled the world. Uh, visited five continents, doing fieldwork everywhere, chasing venomous animals uh, from snakes down to mosquitoes, and has just racked up an incredibly impressive first part of his career. And we're very much looking forward to how that continues in your PhD in Prague. Is that right, Rule? That's definitely right. Although today we'll, we'll not talk about mosquitoes. They are exciting, but they're not that exciting uh, compared to all the <laughs> snake work I did. And you get in uh -huh. way more weird situations when you do snake stuff than when you work on mosquitoes. So, yeah. good. But <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I've been incredibly, incredibly grateful during my studies and also beyond the scope of my studies. But part of of, of my academic life in sense, I have uh, I've been lucky to travel indeed to a lot of different places, from tropical systems to desert systems, also to beautiful European systems. Yeah, um, yeah. Is 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 that uh, something you really go for field work? That what drives you? Well, it's I, I already I always liked it definitely. Um, I, I never could have imagined looking back at, at at the past eight years of studying here in the Netherlands that I I would be I would be so well traveled. Um, but yeah, from one thing comes the other, and uh, and it's how it goes. And when uh, when people know that you are a uh, hardworking tropical field biologist, and people tend to ask you for a second or third time, so what? that's that's how that's how. Uh, I ended up in all these uh, these fun projects and, and fun places, and definitely will did, did will continue that uh, during my PhD you know, over the next uh, four or five years. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, what was your what are your favorite places to visit? Wow, um, definitely one of the nicest places I visit uh, I visited was actually uh, last uh, April in 2023 when I was uh, traveling in Borneo. Uh, I was an instructor of the Naturalis Biodiversity Center field course. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, and we went. I, I actually, after the course ended, I traveled alone for another week, and then I went to Tawau Hills National Park, which is uh, in the south Sabah, which is the Malaysian part of Borneo. It's bordering yeah. Kalimantan, the Indonesian part of Borneo. And it's a very non-touristic area, uh, and they have a national park there, which hardly anybody visits. And really? uh, it's uh, it's super special to be all on your own, uh, literally all on your own, in the middle of a forest. And it's such a beautiful forest. Uh, it's quite a high altitude forest, um, uh -huh. uh, very wet, a lot of rain, a uh, bit bit hilly, bit mountainous, and uh, the 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 uh, the things you see. Uh, it's just incredible, especially when you're alone, when you're quiet early in the morning. I remember mm -hmm. ba bathing, bathing in the river, and and some gibbons uh, were checking me out in the trees, oh, yeah. and and they were just as curious in in what I was doing there than uh, than I was curious in what they were doing there. So that's <laughs> definitely one of the nice places I visit. And recently, I came back from a trip in Montenegro here in Europe, hey. and yeah. that also really, and I was also really impressed by uh, by uh, by Montenegro. The the uh, the amount of remote and pristine forest they still have. I never imagined that we still in Europe have this 
beautiful, beautiful regions of oh. nature that are also very undiscovered, where, where, where hardly any any people went. Mm-hmm. And we did a biodiversity inventory of a specific area that's under threat of development, but it's a very uh, difficult to enter a canyon and, and hardly ever, uh, there's no tourism at all. Uh, there's just some locals yeah. that go fishing there, but... And and also the it always feels tropical actually it's not tropical but like it has the same challenges as you experience in tropical it's systems. Amazing so, that we still have that in Europe. Yeah, 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 I was really amazed by it, and I and I also felt a bit guilty or in a sense from like oh, I should have I should have traveled more in Europe instead of going to all these exotic <laughs> places because there are beautiful places in Europe. Apparently. Wow, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so was that also where you had. Um... And some adventures in the field, or what was that? Nah. Yeah, definitely. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to start with another adventure, which is oh. actually an adventure uh, very close to home, which is actually in the Netherlands. Um, 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 so, so together with uh, with my buddy Jori van Tiel, we have a project on uh, on um, the variation of venom in uh, European adders. And 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 as a, a right. case study, we take we take the um, the Dutch uh, the Dutch populations of European adders because they are extremely isolated. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we are interested in the ecology of the venom. So how, how does the venom ver- vary uh, between these populations in the Netherlands, between these isolated populations? And, and are there ecological factors that we can link to that? Venom? So that's a bit the scope of the project right? That's, uh, that we've been started in 2019. We've got a little grant for that. And, and we've been doing a lot of field work in the Netherlands, which is super interesting because you, um, you get to visit these very special, uh, um, highly protected areas um, 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 where people can walk through on the on 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 the on the uh, main paths, obviously. But you you hardly ever have the chance to to really go off roads and go in more deep into these areas. And uh, they are some of, of the very uh, um, um, vulnerable um, heathland systems that we have that are very much under threat oh, no. by uh, by a nitrogen deposition that we have now in the Netherlands, but it's also home of the European adder. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that, that brings me to uh, to the first. So the Netherlands, you have to imagine, is a very well organized country, which means you also <laughs> need like a package of uh, of permits when I go into the field. So my right. my backpack always always has such a a a, a, a thick pile of, of permits, and obviously uh, we always go with permits, uh, otherwise we don't do it. And I, I speak to some fellow colleagues who work on other species, and and they and they never ever 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 uh, have been checked by authorities. But <laughs> I have been checked uh, already multiple times when I'm in the field. Really? Yes. Huh. Yes. So I'm I'm always the uh, the unlucky or lucky guy. Well, I have my permit, so it's not a problem. But we have one very uh, very funny situation, which was um, last year in twenty twenty two. And you, you yeah, go in the that? summer, I imagine, right? You go when when it's yeah. Warm. We go in in, uh, in because they hibernate in in uh, in in uh, in, uh, uh, in winter. So the season yeah. mostly starts end of February, beginning of March, and then all the way till end of September, beginning of October. And it's a uh-huh. kind of a free a free time voluntary project. So I go whenever I have time, and I try to, to schedule once a month a field trip. And then I mostly join local volunteers who are monitoring the situation for right. um, for the for the working group at a research in Netherlands. Uh, um, so um, I, I mostly uh, I hardly ever go alone in the fields. I mostly uh, join local volunteers who know the area, who know the adders in the area. Some some of these people have been working there for over 30, 35 years, mm-hmm. so they have extensive knowledge and 
They also know the um, the forest manager, so we can always let us uh, let them know that we are in the field and they don't have to be um, very disturbed by us. However, uh, we were uh, last year in 2022, we were in a heatland system um, um, in, a, in, a, in the area of Staphorst, which is a, a very small and notorious place, very religious place. Uh, yes, it's uh, the heart uh, of the, the Bible Belt. It's the heart of the Bible Belt, yes. Yeah. Uh, but they also have a beautiful uh, heatland system with a lot of uh, well, unique wildlife, including many rare bird species. Um, we, the last time uh, I was there, which was uh, a few weeks ago, I saw um, uh, uh, fresh traces of wolves. So it's it, a, it's a very wow. uh, very nice wild area, and it's also home to a very uh, uh, nice uh, uh, population of adders. And um, so we were. I was uh, in that area with uh, uh, René Broek, which is a local volunteer. And uh, we always carry this um, this um, liquid nitrogen tank with us. It looks a bit like a uh, a, a mushroom shaped. Uh, tank and mm -hmm. that's to store the venom eh? so so we can uh, remain 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 the venom intact so it can be used for functional tests and whatnot uh, um, so mostly we just dump the uh the, the nitrogen tank at the at the, the main path because it's too well mm -hmm. heavy and 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 doesn't make sense to carry it through the heat tank. and then we look for adders we take the venom and i bring the venom to the tank Right. We were there on a, I, I, th I think it was a Friday or a Saturday, and uh, um, uh, it was very busy in the area. A lot of uh, uh, people hiking and, and hiking their dogs, and uh, um, just a sure. very busy area. And then uh, all of a sudden, we were a few hundred meters from the main path in the field, and then all of a sudden, we we heard um, a motorcycle. Um, uh, crossing through the area, and then it's not you're oh. not allowed to drive to drive a motorcycle in that area. It's uh, it's really strictly prohibited. Oh. But <laughs> it was but it was the police. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yes, and uh, he whistled, and well, we got the queue, so we uh, we walked to the main path, and uh, we went to him, and it was a very um, northeastern uh, uh, person uh, very um um, um strict very strict not not a smile not a joke <laughs> okay <laughs> and he uh he he uh he got yeah he, he got a report from people in the area that there was drugs waste in uh, oh. dumped in the forest okay yeah but the moment he saw us and he saw our our, our shirts with volunteers uh, and he uh, he uh, immediately realized that we were not uh, uh, that was not dump waste, and we explained the situation <laughs> what we were doing there. Right. He did not even ask. For, he did not <laughs> even ask ask for 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 our permits. I don't think he realized that we needed them because it's not Wait. his jurisdiction. Um, um, but he, he 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 kept being very strict, and he was also a bit emotional because he just came from a uh, a deathly uh, uh, crash. So he oh. was really fed fed up that he had to come all the way into the forest with his motorcycle for this this rubbish. <laughs> oh, so, so they thought the the people who walked by thought your your uh, liquid nitrogen tank was something like something was from the yeah something lab like or something. Yes, 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 ah. yes. <laughs> yes, they thought it was drug waste, which is uh, very normal in Netherlands, especially in these in these uh, rural areas. Yeah, yeah uh, it's a problem. We, uh, yeah. we are. Uh, we are ecstasy produ producers number one, so there is a lot of drug waste <laughs> illegally dumped. So I am I understand the the confusion, 
Um, <laughs> and, but but, but ah. it was, uh, yeah, and, and, and Ripne, who, who, who really knows the, the local mm-hmm. uh, uh, scientist quite well, or the, sorry, the local force managers quite well, he was not very happy uh, uh, that uh, that they that he didn't call the force manager in the first place before entering the forest to ask mm-hmm. like uh, we oh, got well. we got a report from this and that and and then and then he also the the speed the speed which with which he drove through uh, through the through through the forest <laughs> was just absolutely wow. uh, anyways <laughs> but he left he left after after a quick talk uh, he wasn't very interested he just uh, he w- was just happy that it wasn't a lot of work and he, he left again. <laughs> Yeah, but that's. Uh, I the, mean, the, what, what what can you do with a motor, motorcycle if there's drugs waste? You cannot take it with you. I mean, that's that's a bit silly, right? Nah, yeah. I think he was just going to check out the situation, but it yeah. was a bit of a weird, uh, weird situation. Um, uh, and yeah, in a way, it was also kind of a funny, funny experience uh, with <laughs> the authorities here in the Netherlands. Yeah, uh, but since then, I have uh, I have put on a label on the liquid nitrogen tank with uh, scientific research. For any questions, uh, my phone number. So oh, uh, yeah, uh, better. so that <laughs> yes, that, that that kind of solved the problem immediately. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, right. You shouldn't leave stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. I yeah, no, no, I, I, no. I, 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 then, I think uh, I know the bottle you you're talking about. It looks it's a weird, really big mushroom shaped weird yes, thing. Yes. I can imagine people yes. think this is an alien ship or uh, something from a chemical lab, <laughs> which it is. Yeah, really. it, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, it what? is. It is. Yeah, and it looks very, very out of place in the forest. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, that was uh, that, that was the police or the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, in 2019, just very quickly to add my experience with authorities in 2019, mm-hmm. I was traveling with Yori in uh, Arizona. We were doing field work from Bad Goods Lab uh, in uh, in Chiricahua Desert, and we were catching rattlesnakes. Um, uh, and oh. And then we so were, where we is were the desert? Sorry, sorry. Where, where? It's I... a Chiricahua desert. It's the south of Arizona. It's close to the Mexican oh, border. Arizona. Uh, wow. And it's yeah. a very beautiful area. Also, a lot of reptile diversity, a lot of bird diversity. It's, it's just a very interesting area. And is we it one of bo- these deserts with the big cacti, or is it more yuccas? Or no, what, it's what? uh it's actually uh, quite a mountainous uh, area. So you have. Oh. Um, you have desert at the bottom, but then you have a lot of uh, you have a mountain range, and, and you get the city's forest up the top. Up by what? yeah, mixed forest also pines, but so it's like a nice gradient, and that's also why you have these rock specialists on the top, uh, like rock rail snakes and uh, tiger rail what? snakes. Where you go more south, you get your uh, diamondback rail snakes and whatnot. So you have a lot of the different wow. species of rail snakes there. And uh, we were we had to collect a few rattlesnakes for uh, for an ongoing study, and uh, is it? and we were with students in the, uh, students of the of Matt Goods lab in the field, but Matt wasn't there, and uh, uh, we uh, didn't have a, a permit on paper. We had the permit with Matt's group, and Matt said, "Just mention my uh, name. They know they know who I am, uh, and okay. then you will be fine." And of course, we were stopped again. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and that's the that's a different that's a different joke than uh, than the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, you can you can explain and you can laugh a bit and you can make a joke. But in the States, I was I I felt really uh, uh, impressed yeah. by uh, by it's this. It's intimidating, uh, isn't it? I yes, mean, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> and it was all it was dark, and we we weren't expecting it. We're in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden you have a car behind your back who uh, who you starts uh, uh, starts flashing his alarm. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, but he made a big problem of us not having the uh, permits on paper. 
and in the end, uh, I will not mention any names, but in the end, uh, we found out Matt, Matt told us that it was a formerly rejected PhD student who became an uh, officer. So he had a bit of personal beef with Matt. And, really? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So it was. Uh, so he made us. He made us have. Uh, he he gave us a very hard time, uh, uh, but he did it probably on purpose because after he did his official thing and he gave us an official warning. No, no, yeah. no, uh, uh, no actual money was involved, but just an official okay. warning. Uh, then we had a lovely chat about reptile conservation in the area. Yeah, oh, and okay. uh, we spoke. We spoke to him about certain species. So in the end, it was all fine. But he gave us a really hard time, and we were really impressed. <laughs> and then yeah. later. Uh, and later when we told Matt, uh, when we came back, uh, he, he said, oh, yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my um, my experience with authority, which also kind of shifts me to my next story I wanted to tell. Maybe well, we can go there. Yeah, no, carry on, uh, carry on. What part of the world are we going to now? As, yeah, we're going to Bolivia now, which is uh, maybe the most impressive trip I've made. Um I went there in 2016 and I was 19 years old at that time. So it was really, uh, for me, it was the first time out of Europe and immediately to a, a very challenging country as uh, Bolivia. But our main t- our main goal was to uh, to uh, uh, go and look for um, um, for anacondas, which, uh, which were very uh, well studied in that specific area. So we yeah. wanted to join uh, with a group to uh, to find them and and the people in the area they are studying them, and um, yeah they have you have uh, all three species or at least three species there in that region you have uh, uh, the yellow anaconda you have the green anaconda and you also have the Bolivian or Beni anaconda in that area. Oh, I, did, so, I didn't uh, know that third species. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's well, it's been described by that by that group actually. It's uh, okay. Eunectus beniensis, which is uh, quite an it looked like a green anaconda or it looks actually a bit like an hybrid between green and yellow anaconda and there is also some suggestions that it might have been a a, a speciation event for hybridization um, but it's very uh, located to the areas around the Beni River which is where we were um, and we found it also it's it's a bit different it's a, it has some lighter parts uh, compared to green anaconda you know but even if I look at the even if I look at the photos to myself after all these years, I, I find it hard to <laughs> distinguish. But the people, yeah. the, the the experts in the area, told us it was a Beni anaconda, so I believe them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but to get there, it was quite challenging. So we we arrived. I was with my uh, my my uh, my friends, Freek uh, uh, and Yip, who are both bio- were both biology students now, both biologists, and uh, we we. We arrived in La Paz, which is the capital city of uh, of, of Bolivia, but it's uh, mm-hmm. that's Andes, that's four and a half kilometers height altitude, and we had to go to uh, the lowland forests um, near the Peruvian border. Uh, and uh, well, you could take a plane, but we thought that was boring. And uh, now you can't take a plane anymore because in COVID, the uh, little plane company that flew that went bankrupt, so now there is no uh, no plane travel anymore. Okay. Um. Um. But but we. You can take a bus, but we also thought that was boring. You could also take a boat. And almost no one does that because it takes three days uh, <laughs> uh, through through the heart of Madidi National Park, which is uh, um, um, yeah, a very nice, beautiful, and huge um, lowland Amazon uh, rainforest. But we did that, and we went with a guide uh, who, uh, who 
bring us in three days to uh, to the destination we had to uh, be. And um, um, for us to enter uh, Madi National Park, you have to normally pay a fee um, um, to the Navy. So that's interesting about Bolivia. They don't have okay. a sea, but they have a very active Navy because they still have the hope that once they conquer back or get back the sea, that at least they have a very good Navy. So they have one of the best Navy for naval forces in South America, actually. And every little wow. village in Bolivia, every little even jungle village have a very active marine base and a lot of young people join in the Navy. Um, so we, we had a, uh, we had to pay a fee to the, to the Navy, uh, for entering the national park. Yeah. And, in a, and that was a, in a way very funny because, um, 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 since we were not, we were not really tourists because we were there with purpose. So our, our, our guide was like, no, I'm going to put you in the books as volunteers. Then you don't have to pay a fee, uh, really? because you're, you're doing important work here. And, uh, and then we can, uh, then we can go on. But the Navy, the Navy, uh, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't believe the story. They thought we were tourists and we were just, uh, going to have uh, fun in the area. And oh, yeah, I, yeah. I will, I don't blame them because we, in, in a in a sense, we were, uh, we were Westerners that, that were visiting an area. So yeah. of course, and I mean, it's, it's a couple of bucks. We wouldn't have mind, but then, uh, he came up with a solution. We had, we could pay one third of the price and he would put us in the books as volunteer. So, <laughs> 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 yes. Bribe. So we bribed, we bribed yeah. the Bolivian Navy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't let yeah, them Hear you say that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, um, yeah. It's what it is. It's just it's what happens in these kind of in these kind of situations, especially so remote. But we we did not expect, and that's actually where I'm going. It uh, might be the most impressive and sad story that I have encountered uh, during yeah. field work. Is that we would we would actually meet the navy uh, just two days later. We were um, we were going um, upstream the river. And no down downstream the river downstream the river, and um, after a day or two, we saw a lot of black headed vultures uh, on the middle of the river, and an incredibly uh, uh, awful smell. And uh, our boat our boat driver said it um, could be an animal that's deceased and and floating on the river, but be prepared it could also be it wouldn't be the first time if we find if we found a human. Uh, a human body in the uh, river, and upon arrival, yeah, we saw uh, indeed it was a it was a girl that that uh, that drowned, and oh it drowned from the village, yeah, drowned from the village a day a day ahead of us, uh-huh. and uh, they knew because they saw, they had seen the signs that she was missing, well, um, right, um, but she uh, yeah and and she, yeah she was at least like five or six days. Uh, 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 deceased because she was already floating, uh, and that was a really awful look. Um, yes, and yeah, that's something you don't expect when you're in a, such a romantic place, looking for wildlife, uh, seeing yeah. the parrots fly over, and then all of a sudden you find a a, a dead girl, very young yeah. still. Um, but it's and but it also makes you realize that you're a part of a, a very a very tough system, uh, and um. Yeah, in 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 that in those regions, especially Bolivia, is a very poor country, and 
lot of these people are dependent on the river for fishing, for washing. And the children wash in the river, they play in the river, but they can't yeah. swim because they never oh. learn to swim. Like so a... the current current takes them and sometimes yeah they drown. And uh, wow. Yeah, that's very sad. So in you this have case to it happened the, that... call the navy so... uh, at that point to uh, to warn yeah, them. So, yeah, so so uh, so there was a satellite phone on board and they uh, they they called the navy and uh, to collect to collect her body so uh, yeah. because yeah we 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 couldn't take her it was just uh, we had we had another night and day to go and it was uh, it was so extremely smelly uh, and we yeah. were with a, ver a very small boat and uh, a very slow boat like a canoe with a motor and yeah. and uh, uh, um, so we uh, we called the navy and the navy went to uh, collect her with a motorboat and they brought her back to the village she came from um, oh, wow! So yeah, that's 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 another side of the. It's not a fun story, but it's a very a story that that made a lot of impression. Yeah, I can imagine. And and did you eventually also go to the village where she came from? Yes, we we went to the village. Yes, yes. Uh, we 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 obviously we didn't have any contact with uh, with her family or whatnot because yeah, it's. Uh, but sure. We saw we saw indeed the. Especially the the poorest part of the the village that lived on the river. So we, yeah, you could imagine how the situation happened, and uh, uh, yeah, that was quite sad. So uh, wow, for your first so trip to to outside of yes, Europe, that is quite yes, impressive. Yes, but oh, yeah, it also and that's also kind of beauty of it. it. Makes you realize that you are. We 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 often think as as people that we are uh, we own the nature we own nature we own the world. But then, in these, when you are in these systems, uh, you realize that no, it's not true. You, uh, you, you are just part of a system, and uh, yeah, yeah, you can be taken by it uh, in a minute uh, without without you realizing. It. So, cool. um, yeah, yeah but I think it's also that's also the beauty in a way. Like it's we still have these remote parts in the world, and it's incredibly important, I think, and. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a, a tough one to swallow, and I, yeah, so uh, that made a lot. It, it stick with me for a few days, and then uh, yeah, obviously we found we found uh, the anacondas, and we found all all the wildlife, so it kind of uh, tweaks your attention a bit. But yeah, I have been looking looking back and thinking back about it uh, for for yeah for uh -huh. many years, even even now again. I thought this preparing this podcast, I thought yeah, this is a this is a story that actually I should I should tell. Um, because yeah. it made such an impression, and it's something you don't expect, but something that can happen. And uh, and it's weird that in that system, I don't know if I, I I would react if I would find somebody deceased in the streets of of my of my town here. That would yeah. make, may, maybe make a very different impression on me than when you find somebody in a in a system where where life and death are uh, are such a normal part of uh, of the, of the natural dynamics. And and it's uh, also. Yeah, it makes you kind of feel exposed to to the dangers of nature, right? I mean, to see yeah, exactly, you can actually take a life like that. Yeah, and you're yeah, in, that... you're enjoying it, and and you're well, almost a tourist. Uh, wow. Yeah, I can see, and especially if you were 19 at the time. Uh, yes. That's, yeah. 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 We were very very inexperienced. Also, it was. Uh... And that was the worst. I was the worst prepared for for a trip ever. That that's, uh, <laughs> that trip. 
with broken boots and whatnot. And well, anyways, but uh, we learned we learned from that. <laughs> and, and was you, found, you found the anacondas in the end. Yeah, how yeah, was, we found. How was that? How was that? Was that the, at least a high to balance the the, the low? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were also lucky enough to see uh, uh, a jaguarundi and an ocelot, so two felines, which is quite rare to see. Yeah, uh, and a giant, a giant anteater, and a lot of other wildlife. So, kind of, definitely weighed weighed out. But um, now the anacondas was was very very cool. It was a, in a wetland area, very um, wet, literally very wet area. It's kind of a. Um, an area that's linked to the uh, Pantanal region in Brazil, so it, it borders mm -hmm. that uh, that corner with Peru, Brazil, and it's also an area that uh, in in the rainy season is completely wet. And now it was in the dry season, so it was more like a swamp. You walk through it, mm -hmm. uh, but you were some at some point you were still here in the water, so it's not very convenient. Wow, <laughs> quite quite difficult also spotting them because they are uh, you only see a face on the surface. Uh huh. Um. And, but yeah, and you're never we, worried. I mean, I, I, I imagine people listening to this who are think, okay, you're 19, you're first time outside of Europe, you're up to your neck in the water where you know there are anacondas. I mean, I can imagine some people freaking out just at the idea of that, right? So, is that it didn't worry you at all? No, no, no. That was uh, that, that's uh, that's the part of who I uh, I was, who I wanted to be, and who I became, I guess. So. <laughs> No, I was, and especially because you're surrounded by people who have done this a million times, and so it's not uh, right. I'm not there on my own, and we were there with a with a decent group of people who have who had a lot of experience. So I felt very comfortable with their uh, expertise, and that's actually how it always goes. Still, now when you go to areas, you always work together with local scientists, local experts, yeah. because then yeah. that makes sense. They know the area, they know the dangers. So despite and, and, yeah. you being, being reminded of uh, you know the fragility of life, you were not uh, not worried about your own. I'm I'm just just curious. Um, you go everywhere, and and I'm sure for your PhD you will go chasing geckos all around the world again. Um, is there a particular animal or a particular place you still want to see that's really high on your list? What's the top of your of your list of things to see? Um. Yeah, everywhere I guess. But no, that's but uh, I uh, no I um I I have been uh I haven't been to Central Africa and I really yeah. uh um so for me one special so I was in Borneo last year and also a few years ago and and I saw wild orangutans and uh, for me that's actually and I had to cry when I saw them so uh, for me that was a really hey. special moment because we share ninety six percent of our DNA with these primates. Um, uh, we, uh, we, 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 we've cut down 40% Borneo for palm oil plantations. Yeah. And it's horrible. And I've, from I've being there too, it's, it's staggering yeah. to see what it turned into. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and we were actually on a, a field center with, with the students, uh, from Leiden university here, um, which, which particularly studied the impact of palm oil plantations on, on wildlife. So we were very close to monoculture kilometers of monoculture of uh, of palm oil and we yeah. were in one of the last pieces of secondary forest so it's highly disturbed forest all the big dip carp trees had been cut out and uh, it was really surrounded all, all around by palm oil plantations so we were in a yeah. last resort 
uh, for um, uh, for wildlife. So very high density of big mammals, uh, a lot of birds, a lot of reptiles, um, a lot of everything actually, but uh, also a lot of orangutans, uh, higher density than actually is natural. Uh, so you, you get all these weird behaviors and a lot of uh, fights between orangutans, which normally you wouldn't oh. occur. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, we, we were lucky enough to see them, and um, and for me, it's a very special moment when you look into the eyes of an animal that that you share ninety percent of your DNA with, and realizing that you're also causing the end of the world for them, and for very. them a lot sooner than for us, I guess. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm. I, I would be really, uh, uh, it would be really special to uh, to once encounter uh, the other apes, the African apes that are even closer to us, the gorillas, the yeah. chimpanzees, the bonobos. And I don't yeah. know, I I have this, I have decided not to travel anymore without a purpose. So if if I can do field work in the area and we encounter them, so be it. Uh, I'm I'm not planning on visiting them as a tourist because I think. Yeah, I travel enough, and it's not yeah. worth it to uh, to make useless trips. But uh, it would be very special if I if I could have the chance before they perish to see the uh, the great apes. Yeah, that that would be. Yeah, I, I think people don't understand how small these remnants of forests are. If you if you go, we, I also went through through Borneo. You're five hours on the boat, just passing industry and palm plantations after palm plantation, and then you come to this tiny you know, five by five kilometer bit of forest. That's it. That's what you, you know, that that's all there is. And it's just shocking, really. You think of Borneo yeah. as, as the island, jungle filled island, but oh, oh, it's not anymore. And uh, no, no, I, I, yeah. I, no, I actually see a lot of similarities between uh, our Dutch agriculture, agriculture and, and the Bornean uh, system. Really? Is it just monoculture, mon monocultures with ditches and yeah, it looks it looks tropical because palm oil trees are four, five, six meters high, and they look they feel tropical. They are tropical, but it's not that different from a grass meadow in the Netherlands uh, yep. that that separates nature and makes makes creates isolated patches of nature with isolated populations and and all the problems that come with it. So, yeah, okay. for me it was quite uh, quite shocking. Also realizing that actually most of that palm oil produced. In Borneo is coming to the Rotterdam Harbor for processing, so we have a, we are also in that way related to Borneo. Yeah, accomplished so it in uh, the in the deforestation, yeah. I guess, as Dutch people. Yeah, mm. but it's it's a it's a very difficult situation, of course, you know, because uh, we also need to feed a lot of people. Palm oil is highly efficient, so it's in, yeah. Well, I hope as as we are looking in the Netherlands to bio, biodiversity inclusive farming, I hope that's something. Uh, that that would be also be the future for Borneo as well to uh, right. create bio biodiverse biodiversity ecological friendly farming to see if we can at least maintain in and and manage what we have uh, in a way. But yeah, that's uh, that that's it's not always uh, it's it's mostly romantic being in the fields. You, yes. you you visit these beautiful and amazing places, but in some cases. Uh, you also work also with the mosquitoes. You work in very dirty areas, in, on trash trash bins, really? uh, in rural areas, in urban areas. Uh, so it's it's it, it is romantic, but very often it, it's uh, it's also very um, confronting in a way. What a mess are we making on the world? 
Well, and that's yeah. why we want to hear from uh, people from the field like you to uh, to hear what it's like to actually be a biologist and go to all these places and uh, have some adventures and have some yeah ups and downs. Thanks a lot, Rule, for for coming and uh, telling your stories. And I think we'll have more stories from you in the future by the sound of it. Well, that, that's uh, I'm looking forward to the next time. My my next trip will be Panama uh, for my PhD uh, field oh. work. Yeah, we're chasing lizards in very remote areas. So uh, next stories are already uh, on the blast. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, good luck with the PhD. Thanks for the invitation. Bye-bye.